Good morning and welcome to this morning's devotional. And I've titled this devotional, Entertain the Masses or Make Disciples Who Make Disciples. Now, this particular devotional has the possibility to ruffle some feathers. However, this topic and what I believe God has laid upon my heart has been on both my heart and my mind. In my lifetime, I've attended a variety of churches, a variety of different denominations of all walks. Most recently, though, I've been visiting several different churches uh, within my area, within a three-state area here in Southwest Ohio. Allow me first to say something here, to preface something. I'm not judging a church, church leader, nor any member of any congregation. Besides, some one already has that job, and I surely wouldn't want it, and that some one is God. There is no perfect church, as there is no perfect human being. We all fall short and make mistakes. However, there has to be an authority and final word, and that comes from the Bible. I believe when we overlook this, the true life of Jesus, what he taught, how he served, led, loved, and lived, we are destined to steer off course and can do more harm to the kingdom of God than good. Let's simply get to the basics. The salvation message was rather simple. Humanity fell in the Garden of Eden by the free choice of disobedience to God and eating of the fruit. Since that time, all humanity was on the path to hell. Let me recite this. Let me re-say this. All humanity was on the path to hell. God loved his creation so much that he provided his son to take upon our sin and sacrifice himself on the death on the cross. Jesus died, was buried, and on the third day he arose. Visited with his apostles and others witnessed him as well. He then ascended into the Father God Almighty in heaven, making intercession for us. Look, salvation is a gift. And to be saved, you must believe in your heart, confess with your mouth this truth. Upon this acceptance, repentance of sin, and confession, believers are provided a comforter in the Holy Spirit, and then to strive to live a new life as a new creation through Jesus Christ, to grow closer to him, to lead, serve, teach, love, and live as Christ did for today's times. Let's take a look at Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 10.9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Acts 16.31 says, They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. I like Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Seems pretty simple, right? However, we and all our humanity seem to create a variety of inter interpretations as well as denominations to the point of things getting a bit odd or twisted. For lack of better words, in my opinion, this is, can be, a hindrance to the kingdom of God. As believers and followers of Jesus Christ, he was rather clear in what we should do, how we should do it, and even emphasizes the greatest of commandments. Open your Bibles, look at Mark 12, 28 through 34. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In John 13, 34, the Bible says, and Jesus is speaking here, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And remember his last words in the Great Commission. It's in Acts 1, 6 through 8. So when they had to come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now that was Acts 1, 6 through 8, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And then the Great Commission comes, right? Here as before he ascends into heaven. Jesus, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Again, that was Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Now, I haven't read anywhere in the Bible, unless I'm missing something, that says you must go to church to be saved. I also do not read where unless you are baptized, speak in tongues, or tithe, you cannot be saved. Now, don't get me wrong here. You should want to be baptized as an example, right? Jesus did, and the Great Commission states to do so in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There are several verses about giving and to tithe, right? But nowhere do I read it is a requirement to be saved, nor do I read it is a requirement to speak in tongues to be saved. In addition, I do not read anywhere where we should entertain and please the masses 
nowhere do I read you must have an expensive suit or expensive light show, expensive dramatic theatrics, please everyone, or tiptoe through the true word of God is not to offend anyone. Granted, Jesus did speak with authority, right? Most definitely in truth, but he could have worn golden garments covered in jewels and called down legions of dancing angels with thunder and lightning strikes, but he did not. Nowhere do I read we must wear our Sunday best, such as a suit, tie, or for the ladies, nice, elaborate, long dresses. I also do not read anywhere that there should only be a certain type of music, musical instruments, or no music at all. I have not been able to read as a believer in Jesus Christ that our hair has to be cut a certain way or covered in a certain manner. I'd like to point out the following verses. Let me read them out loud. It's from Psalm 150, 1 through 5. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tremble and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 151 through 5. And in Psalm 149, 3, the Bible says, Let them praise him. Let him let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tremble and harp. Ecclesiastes 3 4 says, A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. In Jeremiah 31 13, the Bible says, Then young men women will dance and be glad. Young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. However, what I want to draw attention to here is four key words or phrases in the Great Commission. Okay, let's break this down. One, go and make disciples. Two, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Three, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And four, surely I am with you always. So let me expound upon these four key words or phrases. So number one, go and make disciples. Now are we sincerely and truly making disciples? I've seen plenty of churches, pastors, and Christian leaders speak of salvation and baptism numbers, which is surely awesome and all heaven rejoices. However, what's next? Well, point one is to make disciples. We are to disciple them, for them then to make disciples of others. Look, this is very important here, people. For a person to lead one to Christ, he should surely help this person along the way by discipling them. I had one pastor tell me, I'm going to quote this. He states, that is not my concern. 
It is them being saved. I'm too busy for all that. Besides, that is the Holy Spirit's job. I'm stunned when I heard that. Say, what? Do we not know we are the vessels of the Holy Spirit? Okay. And that the disciples themselves discipled one another and others. Look at what the Apostle Paul did with Timothy. Imagine if a mother said, okay, I gave birth to my baby. Now it's up to him to feed himself, clothe himself, and teach him himself how to walk. Okay, now that, that may be an extreme example. However, we are to disciple those we lead to the cross. Granted, a pastor may help lead dozens to thousands to salvation in a single sermon, and it may be nearly impossible to disciple each one of them. Billy Graham was able to lead thousands, right? However, Billy Graham had teams of pastors, Christian leaders, other workers, and volunteers to follow up and guide as many of these people they could to the local churches, curriculums, or studies to grow in their walk with Christ. Christians, look, listen, hear me out here, okay? Granted, the fields are ripe for harvest. However, we don't just harvest them and let them set and rot. If you lead someone to salvation, make sure to help guide them in their walk. It is not about numbers. It is about lives truly being changed, improving, and growing closer to Christ to make disciples who make disciples. Point number two here, the key phrase, number two is baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I cringe when I hear Christian leaders say you must be baptized to be saved. That's simply not true. The thief of the cross was not baptized and he joined Jesus in heaven. Look, there were plenty of human beings making a profession of faith and be saved without getting or having the opportunity to be baptized. However, if Jesus got baptized, it is rather important to do so, don't you think? If the Great Commission states it, well, it is important and better to be safe in making, demonstrating, and showing that outward act of obedience and faith than not. Number three, phrase number three here, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Here is the discipling and teaching again. Jesus spoke and taught a lot. We as believers are to also clearly and effectively teach all Jesus taught and commanded to obey. Point in phrase number four, surely I am with you always. As a believer, you're never alone. As a human being, you are not truly ever alone as God is everywhere. His ears are attentive to those saved and not saved. We are his precious creation by all means, and he does not want a single one of his creations to go to hell. As a believer, it is written, you will have a comforter in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help guide you, convict you, and lead you in the way in which you should go. Never thirst the Holy Spirit. Feed the Holy Spirit by reading God's Word, being in church around other believers to learn, worship, praise, lead, serve, get equipped, and go out. Feed the Holy Spirit by praying, listening to inspirational music, and focusing on what is good, moral, sound, and pure. 
So in closing, it is my understanding, opinion, and belief in what I read in the Word of God that we should not just focus on the numbers of professions of faith, salvations, rededications, or baptisms. It is also very important, if not crucial, to focus on discipling, to make disciples who make disciples. Stop getting twisted up in what I see as man-made doctrine and instead walk alongside people to the cross. Start loving the hell out of others versus criticizing, or worse, yes, yet judging. Look, Jesus came of lowly means and ministered to the broken, downtrodden, and outcast for a reason. Never judge a book by its cover, and God most certainly looks at the heart not the outward appearance. Look at 1 Samuel 16, 7. And we should too. Stop the legalistic and separatist approach to speaking and preaching. That type of mentality actually frustrated Jesus to where he called them vipers. I have never seen anyone led to a relationship to Jesus Christ by being shouted at or humiliated for their sin, hit over the head with a three inch thick, King James Bible or picket sign. Look, we all come short. We have all sinned and continue to sin. God counts all sin the same. We should more understand this and help one another to walk out repentance, turn from our wicked ways, and live more like Jesus. To strive to be better each new gift of a new day than the day before. A little empathy and love can go a long way. Remember the greatest of all commandments. Realize none of us are perfect, but we want to be better. We want to improve. We should want to be more like Jesus every day and lead others to an understanding of a relationship with Jesus Christ. To realize the life we live now is not our own. It was bought with a price with the blood of Jesus Christ. We are to strive to live our lives by a calling worthy of what Christ did for each of us. Philippians 1.27 says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and in galatians 2:20, i have a skull verse that has this engraved on it it's a reminder to me i bought it to support hope over heroin during a christian concert it's a powerful verse let me read it in closing I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, that was Galatians 2.20. Look, it's a gift of a new day. It's a gift 
of an opportunity to make a positive impact in the lives of others for Jesus Christ. Quit getting caught up or twisted in man-made doctrine, things that don't line biblically sound with the Bible, and walk other people to the cross. Walk alongside them, love the hell out of them, and then make them a disciple who makes disciples. And while you're at it, may you launch each day with purpose, navigate with principles, and explore with passion.